Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Pastor, uh, I just I referenced this first service. I used to pastor a, another church, and, and the highlight of our, our special stuff to make things look cool is I printed out the verses on a half sheet of paper in New Times Roman, and that's what everybody got. That was cool. I, I never asked for stuff like that, and, and to see the, the, the displays that Derek puts up and, and how he makes everything look awesome is, is uh, very pleasing. I'm not usually a big proponent of trying to make things look really cool and awesome, but that looked cool and awesome, and, and I'm just really grateful for that. Well, welcome to the church again. My name is Tim Tool. I'm the Connect Pastor here. And we're going to be looking at some, at some verses today. Uh, I spoke uh, on a message called Living a Life of Shiny uh, a handful of months back. And this is, this is part two. This is a, a, a follow-up, a continuation of, of Living a Life of Shiny. Now, you might be kind of confused as to what the shiny is. Now, in, in the world, the shiny is uh, those, those, those cool objects, those cool things that we chase after. Uh, my boy, my boy's into Skylanders. Is anybody familiar with Skylanders? So parents of, of kids are familiar with Skylanders. Skylanders is this vicious video game. It's a really you know, rated G video game, but, but, but the design of it is you, you spend 60 bucks to get the game in three characters, but if you want to complete the game and open up all the different things, you've got to buy all these other characters at 10 to 15 bucks a pop, and there's like 25 of them for every game, and every year they come out with another game, and you can buy another 25 characters. So you would never think of spending $600 for a video game in one fell swoop, but if you buy all the pieces, you spend like $600 for each video game. My boy came to me yesterday and he said, you know, new Skylanders is coming out September 26, and he's already starting to watch the videos on, on YouTube, the, the people that are getting the, the precursors, he knows all the characters, he knows what they do. That is his shiny. That is what he is drawn to. Me personally, I'm a, I'm a photographer, and, and so when new lenses come out or if somebody else has got that nice, sharp, squeaky clean lens that takes amazing pictures, I, ooh, I want that. And, and I've shifted to like the iPhone, so I, I'm getting lenses for my iPhone because they're really cool, and, and, and this, is, this is our shiny. Does anybody here have a shiny? What's your shiny? Okay, so my name is Tim Tool, and I'm the Connect Pastor here. And when I preach, I actually ask questions that you have the permission to belt out an answer. And, and I'll probably stand up here looking like an idiot drinking my water until I hear an answer. So, what's your shiny? Shoes. Shoes. Who said that? Did you say that, Jason? Oh. <laughs> Jason didn't say it. The dude behind him said it. I'm going to assume like sneakers and stuff, right? Yeah, okay, cool. Anybody else? Books. Books. Oh, of course, that was Daniel. So, Daniel, I, everybody wish happy birthday to Daniel. It's his birthday, June 18th. When you walk out, give him a spank on the butt, and that's his one for good measure. And does that count? Is that the embarrassment? Does that count? Okie dokie. What else? Anybody, any other shinies out there? Computers. Stuff. There's, there's just such a variety of things, right, that, that is our shiny. The things that we're attracted to, the things that we chase after, the things that, that fill our eyes with wonder and the stuff that we want. 
That's the shiny. That's the shiny in the world. But the message that I brought before, we were looking at um, a, a couple sets of verses, and, and one of them is like a little flower, I think, from my girl. Is that from my girl? We were looking at the, the living a life of shiny, part one. We were looking at uh, the verses Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It's not going to pop up on the slide, but, but I'm going to read it. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Oh, we're the shiny. We're the shiny. The stuff's not the shiny. We're the shiny. And there's a reason that we're the shiny. And, and we're going to go to John 8. We're going to pull up John 8, and, and we'll, we'll highlight the, the reason for the shiny. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and we, in him, reflect his light. We are the light of the world through Jesus Christ. We are called to live a a life of shining in a life of Jesus Christ. Amen? This, this was a big focus, and, and I've been encouraged in hearing uh, people in the congregation after preaching that message, because really, really, you know, you, you preach a message, and, and, you know, three days later, who's remembering it? I have a hard time remembering it. No offense. It, go, it goes in and, and comes out, right? What did Aaron preach on last week? Nothing. It's Aaron. That's just, that's just our attention span, right? That's our attention span. <clears throat> But, but I've been encouraged because I've heard people use, we're going to live a life of shiny. And in, in light of the Matthew verses, it's living a life of shiny out in the world. That we have the opportunity to live a life of shiny. We've got a team that's going to El Salvador. We've got a team of 13, 15 people that are going to El Salvador. And for a week in September, they're going to have the opportunity to be the light of Christ, to live a life of shiny amongst a community in, in El Salvador. And they have that opportunity. Kyle brought up the opportunities that we have coming 4th of July to, to participate in, in the parade and hand out waters and T-shirts and, and to be a, a, a life of shiny within the community during this event. Here on Sunday mornings, we have the, the opportunity to live a life of shiny by, by how we interact with each other before and after service. During service, there's not so much chance because you're like sitting there in the dark, right? But, but out in the hallway afterwards, before and afterwards, we have the opportunity to live a life of shiny. But at, but what I wanted to point out in those verses on that first sermon is that, that those are not the only places that God has placed us. He's not keeping us in his back pocket ready to pull us out in El Salvador. That for the seven days of that year, that's where he's going to use you. He's not going to have you in his back pocket just to use you for Fourth of July. He's not going to have you in his back pocket just to use you to shine his light on a Sunday morning. That Really, no matter where we are, that is where God has placed us, and that is where God has called us to be shining. So where has God placed you? Anyone? Where are the places? Among family, in our homes. We're called to live a life of shining in our homes. God has placed us there. Where else you got? Work. Who here works? God has placed you at your workplace, to live a life of shining. Shopping, would you say shopping mall? Shopping mall. When you think about where you're supposed to shine, I've had opportunities to live a life of shining in Kroger in the checkout line. 
either with the person in front of me, the person behind me, or the person bringing me out. You can live a life of shiny, you, know, you, you got the guys that are, that are bagging groceries, and you know their lives are miserable. Who wants to, you know, it's just, they're not, they're not happy bagging groceries. However, you've got the opportunity, because most people ignore them, or treat them as the bagger of groceries, but you've got the opportunity to live a life of shiny with the, with the grocery bagger, to be an encouragement, to, to be a blessing, to be to shine the light of Christ on him. Those verses in Matthew, I wanted to get across the point that we were called to live the light of, light of Christ in our lives anywhere and everywhere we go because that is where God has placed us. Where you are is where God has placed us. Now this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna go to another section of scripture of Jesus speaking. We're gonna be looking at at Luke that starts off in a very similar way. Luke 33 through 36. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it'll be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Sounds very familiar to the Matthew verses, right? We, we just got back from vacation. We spend uh, a week and a half or so in Allegheny State Park with this, this forest on the border of, of New York and, and Bradford. We've been going for 11 years. <clears throat> And it's my happy place. It is a shiny for me. It is, it is a big shiny. It is a place that, that we drool over throughout the year. That's where I want to be. I wouldn't mind being there right now. Love you guys, but the campfire was awesome. One of the things that we do when we're in Allegheny is we geocache. Is anybody familiar with geocaching? Geocaching is, is a GPS game where people will hide containers out and about, and they'll post up the coordinates and some hints and and details, and your job is to use your GPS to find the log, sign the log, put it back for somebody else to find. Allegheny State Park has a ton of them. They, they've got them scattered all throughout the park, but they have, they have special ones called night caches, and night caches are cool. Night caches is where you wait for it to get dark, and the GPS will take you to a place where on a tree is one of those little reflective markers, and that's your starting point. That's where the GPS gets you. And then you take your flashlight and you light up the reflective markers and you follow the trail of reflective markers out into the forest. The first year we did one of these, uh, we're, in a state, we're in a state forest, state park, and we went up to the top of the mountain at like 10 o'clock at night and we turned off the car lights and stepped out of the car and it was black. There weren't stars out that night. It was, it was darker than dark. And we pull out our flashlights and I think the kids were probably six and eight and we start walking into the woods. The woods have raccoons and rabbits and deer and bear and porcupine and like critters. There are like real big critters out there. And we start walking into the woods and, and they're clutching my hands and you know, basically scared the crap out of them as we're walking through the woods with the flashlight. Now when we go, they just like grab the flashlight and run. They just go right into the woods. But this year we, get, we went to one of our night caches and we got out of the car, we got our flashlights and we started walking up the hill and it was... 30 minutes up of sloshy, mucky mountain. We found the cache another 20 minutes or so back, and it was, it was the flashlight. It was the flashlight that got us there. Now, if I had turned on the flashlight and stuck that in the glove compartment and then started my way out there, I would be completely and utterly lost. There would be nothing shining my way. That light would be totally useless. Just like it says here, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it'll be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who may see it can, can see the light. And that's what that flashlight was for us. And that's what Jesus Christ is for us, too. 
Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life and won't be in darkness. And, and, and this is, this is you, don't, you know, you want to put a, a bowl over Jesus Christ. We need him uh, shining us so that we can shine out. Now, the next verse, it, it, it goes a slightly different direction. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. In the Matthew verses, the, the big focus was uh, an external expression of living the light of Christ, to living a life of shining. That it was where God had placed us, that he was putting us out into the world to be the shining light. These verses have a slightly different perspective. It's not necessarily the light shining out. Where's the light shining? Anyone? Bueller? In. It's shining in. This, this is significant. It's not, it's, not, it's not a significant difference from what he was speaking in Matthew. It's a complementary, necessary aspect of, of how we end up shining out. It is shining in. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. It's not talking about my physical eye. You know, if my, if my eye is physically bad, I'm not going to, like, take Windex, spray it in my eye, and, and squeegee it off. It is talking about how things come into us. Our, through our eyes, through our ears, through, through what we consume, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, all of that has an impact of, of what's inside of us. Right? In our home, we've got, a, uh, we've got a, you know, one of those big picture windows in our sitting room, and the light floods right into that room certain times of the day, and my cats, that's where they hang. They like hanging right in the bright sunlight. That, that sunlight lights them up. It brings in warmth. It brings in comfort. It is, when, when that window is, is clean, it just lights up that whole room. At the same time, it lights up that whole room, and it lets me see all the crap that I have sitting around, where I haven't vacuumed, where I haven't picked up. All the clutter and garbage is, is clearly visible. And, and when my window's clean, that's, that's what I'm able to see. I'm able to see that, get it taken care of, but also feel the warmth that comes in. When our eyes are healthy, that's, that's what the light of Christ is doing too. It, it shines in. It, it, it gives us life. It, gives us, it, it shows us the areas that are, that are hurting, that need to be taken care of, that he can take care of. But when they're unhealthy, when your eye is bad, your body is also full of darkness. My, my windows, my windows, if, there's, there's a variety of issues that can come with my windows that prevents the light from coming in. My windows, the shades could be closed. No light gets in. My, my windows could be obstructed by trees or my daughter's artwork, which prevents the light from fully coming in. My windows could be filthy. They could be flat out filthy and, and, and that kind of taints what's on the inside as well. These are, these are all issues with, with a clean window and ultimately with our eyes that these issues are, are the same. The first one is what makes a, we're going to look at what makes an eye bad. The first one is our eyes may be closed. When my window shades are closed, there is no light getting in. And if my eyes are closed to the light of Christ, if, if I'm taking a stance, I'm taking a perspective where I am not, you know, I've got my eyes closed to him, no light is getting in. That's where I was before I was a believer. My eyes were flat out closed to him. 
there wasn't any of his light, there wasn't any of his warmth, there wasn't any of his truth that was coming in at all. I, was, I had him closed. Do you people here remember when your eyes were closed? If, if, if you haven't been a believer, you know, I know some people have been believers since they were like one, and they only know their eyes open. I was saved in 99. I remember my eyes being closed. I remember my eyes being closed. And unfortunately, there's still times that I can close my eyes to him. For as much as I would like to say, I am open all the time. There are times where I choose to not. For the light to come in, we need our eyes to be open. If your eyes are closed, your eyes are bad, and your body is just filled with darkness, there is no light coming in. Our eyes can also be bad if they are obstructed. If there is just stuff in the way. My window, like I said, I've got a tree on the outside. It's there. It's, it's a beautiful tree. It's a good tree. It's not a bad tree, but, but it prevents the light from coming in. And my daughter's artwork, the stuff that she's got painted on the windows, I love the stuff that's painted on her windows, but it prevents stuff from coming in. Neither of those things are bad in themselves, but at the same time, they still prevent light from coming in. A lot of our life is, can be like that. These things that we were talking about that are our shiny, my camera is not inherently a bad thing. My desire for those lenses or my boy's desire for the video games or, or computers or, or the other things that we've listed, they, those aren't in and of themselves a bad thing, but they are obstructions. That if they're not in the right place, they will block the light of Christ from coming in because that's what we're looking at instead. We're looking at and for a different kind of shiny than the one that he is offering. Can you, can you see that? Can you think of the things that, that distract you, that, that, that pull your eyes off of light of Christ? I, I, I use Facebook as an example because I can kill a ton of time on Facebook. Any other Facebook abusers? Yeah, I recognize some of you because I, see, I read all your posts. <laughs> I know who you are. You, know, you have to put your hand up because it's like, yep. They posted 10 times in the last 20 minutes. Holy cow. They're, they're distractions. They're obstructions. Not good, not bad, but they, but they are. Our eyes may be closed. Our eyes may be obstructed. Our eyes may be filthy. Our eyes may be filthy. The stuff that we allow in could just be complete and utter trash. I used to listen to uh, a handful of bands. Some of you might be familiar with them. I used to listen to Marilyn Manson. I used to listen to Tool. I used to listen to Nine Inch Nails. I've seen some of them in concert, and I gotta say, Tool was an amazing concert. Back before I was saved, they were, man, they rocked it out. Loved listening to their music. And, and recently, I was moving all of my CDs over to my computer to, to get them all up in the cloud so that I had access to them all the time. It's like, oh, look at that, Tool. I'll listen to Tool. I haven't listened to Tool in years. And I started on, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that sound. And then they started the lyrics, like, oh, yeah. That's why I don't listen to them anymore. It wasn't necessarily the music that was bad. It was like, holy crap, the filth that's coming out of us. Like, that's not where I need to be. That's not where I need, what I need bouncing around in my head. And unfortunately, I could probably come up with with movies and TV shows and, and, and other things that I've visually or audibly let into my life that, 
that really is ultimately just filth that is clouding up the lamp that is my eye that is preventing the light from coming in to clean up the darkness in my life. Fair enough? Can can you think of some of that stuff in your life? Some of the stuff that that might need to be removed? Now, Now, some of them might actually be relationships. Not necessarily just the the things that we play and listen to, but it could be the people that we keep. Now, Jesus Christ hung out with sinners. And and I am a, a proponent of hanging out with sinners because ultimately our light needs to shine in their lives. That that is where they're going to see the light of Christ is through us. That if sinners just hang out with sinners, they're not going to see the light of Christ. And if Christians just hang out with Christians, those, the lost people are not going to see the light of Christ. That we're called to interact and live among them. But what we need to be careful of is that we don't become one of them again. That we don't fall back into the patterns of, of, of the world. That that we need to be careful that that filth doesn't come back and, and cover our own light again too. That if you're, that if you know, you, you find out if you're if you're hanging out with critical people, if you're hanging out with gossips, if you're hanging out with, um, with with people that are just dragging you down rather than you lifting them up, that could be a problem. That could be a problem. So our eyes could be closed, our eyes could be obstructed, our eyes could be filthy, and our eyes may be distorted. The next verse is a fascinating verse. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. In another version it says, be careful. Be careful that the light in you is not darkness. And that is just like an odd statement, isn't it? Well, how can the light in me be darkness? It's light. And, and this is where I, I just want to point out that I think our eyes can sometimes be distorted. That the direction that we think that we're going, we might not actually be going. Allegheny State Park, for, for me as a kid, was a place that my parents used to take me. And, and we lived up in, in Rochester, New York, which is up by Lake Ontario. And you had to drive south, and then you had to go west to get to Allegheny. And this was well before GPSs and, and iPhones and stuff. So when I was 16, I stopped going with my parents for the entire week. I would just show up for a couple of days. And the first year that I was going to drive down by myself, I, I drove from Rochester, and I went down south, and then I took a left. And I was sure I knew where I was going. I was positive I knew where I was going. I'm going to Allegheny State Park. This is the way, this is the way I go. I was, I was very confident that I was going in the right direction. And then I hit a town called Horseheads. And, and Horseheads, New York, is um, for where I took a left, an hour and a half in the wrong direction. I was. I had almost driven further out of my direction than it would have taken me to get there in the first place. I was lost. Had no clue. I had no clue. And, and sometimes our, our walks can be that way as well. That without the light, without the map, without the guidance, it is really easy for us to drift off. Now, I took a hard turn and went radically off track. But that's not how it usually goes for Christians, is it? The turn tends to be a little slower. The drift can happen. And if you drift long enough, you drift far enough, you find that you are so far away that you don't even have a clue how you got there. 
but you might be sure of it. You might be sure that you were going in the right direction, but you were going a different way. Your, your path was distorted. Your eyes were distorted. Your, your perspective was distorted. And there's got to be a change. He, he warns us, be careful of this. Be careful of this. There's something that we need to do. There's a way that we're supposed to respond, that we need to evaluate our life in Christ regularly. And, and for a reason. Often I, I come up with, when, when I come up and speak, I get the feeling that, that I'm standing up here and, and I'm looking at all of you and they're like, oh, crap, Tim's speaking. He's, gonna beat the, he's just going to beat us senseless. And, and it's really easy to, to come up and point out the rough parts point out the bad parts and, 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 and really there's there's more there's way more than that that Jesus Christ has has a, has a stronger desire than the guilt that we feel and in verse 36 says it therefore if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you this is Jesus' desire for you. His desire is not for you to feel guilty. His desire is not for you to be crushed. His desire is for you to glow like nothing else except for him. That is what he wants for you. This week, as I was doing, as I was doing my sermon prep, I was at this place of, uh, of the guilt I'm preaching a sermon on how it is we're supposed to be internally lit up with Christ and I am just struggling. Vacation was a great vacation, but I didn't really lead, read a lot in scripture. I didn't pray a whole ton. And I got back and, and, uh, and I, was, I was grumpy, I was angry, I was frustrated, I was you know, in a bad place. Now I've got to write a sermon on this and and... I was sitting out on my front porch and I was sitting underneath my tree with my coffee and my Bible and my cat and thinking, this just, this is tough. I'm, I'm not feeling good about myself. And, and I posted up a picture of my Bible, my coffee, and my cat and, and posted up on Facebook because, you know, I like Facebook. Um, and then within a couple of minutes, I got, I got a note from a friend who had who had posted up some scriptures. She said, this is what this made me think of. And it was out of Isaiah 63. And, and, and I, had this, I had this moment where somebody was shining some light into my life. So, somebody else came and, and shone the light into my life. And, 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 the, and the gist of that verse was, I'm getting ready to bring the word of God. That, that we can become oaks of righteousness. Is that right? That, that, It was, it was significant. At a place where I was feeling guilty and crappy, what I had was the word of God placed in front of me to show me, no, you can be light. And this person in their life of shiny shared their life of shiny with me. And I had the opportunity to, to go from a place of feeling guilty about how much I sucked to, okay, I can, I can look at these verses the way that I think he's called us to look at him, not from a place of, uh, of guilt or bondage, but a place of freedom 
to look back towards him. And, and in that process, I started you know, reading more scripture rather than just the verses that I was preaching on and, and, and then started connecting with other people. I was, I was telling this person that what I ended up doing was going on my, on my uh, phone and tracking back to texts that I haven't, people I haven't texted in a long time and reaching out to them just, hey man, I'm praying for you. And I, and I had this place like, oh, I can be the light again. Even your pastors have a hard time at times. And the encouragement from you can help foster that light as well. Jesus Christ wants us blazing bright. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light, no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. He wants us and can make us so bright that even extra light will not make us brighter. It's all him. It's all him. But we need to move. We might need to change. We might need to turn, to repent, to give up something, to, to take a serious evaluation of who we are and where we stand, where we're walking, what we're doing in the light of him. Now, if, if you're one of the people where your eyes are closed, you might be th- sitting here thinking, you know, I don't know Jesus Christ, don't care to know Jesus Christ, I'm here because I'm supposed to be here. Just shut up and get this over with. Let me get out of here. And your eyes are closed. And my hope and prayer for you is that, that maybe this morning your eyes open a little bit. Even if, even if it's just, just a little sliver that that light might be coming in. That the Holy Spirit is working in and on you to see the light of Christ start shining on your life. And for those of you that have the light shining in your life, my prayer for you is that, that, that you might figure out how it is that you can be like the person that shot me the Facebook message, that you can be the little crowbar to pry that open and, and be the encouragement, to be the love, to be the light of Christ that, that has an impact on seeing that, that sliver of an eye open a little bit more. Maybe your eyes are obstructed. Maybe you've got all this other, other stuff that's in your way, if it's vacations, if it's Facebook, if it's work, if it's you know, wh- whatever that thing is, that, that, that maybe you need to, to have a, a, a perspective shift and see that how that obstruction can go by the wayside, that the light of Christ can come in and, and shine its light on that obstruction to see it redeemed, to see it changed, to see it transformed into, oh, this is how I'm supposed to shine the, the light of Christ in this area, that that obstruction can go by the wayside. Maybe your eyes are completely and utterly filthy. That you know the music that you're listening to, the movies that you're watching, the TV that you're taking in, the people that you're hanging around with, that all, of these are, all that these things are doing are just damaging you. That it's taking your mind and your heart and your spirit and putting it someplace else, wallowing in the darkness rather than shining in the light. And maybe some of this crap just needs to go completely by the wayside that there's no redemption for it anyways. It's just gone. It just might need to be removed. And maybe your eyes are distorted. I was listening to a, a, a guy speak at a conference yesterday, and, and, and the, the focus of this conference was on seeing churches planted amongst lost people, that lost people were leading lost people to Christ and churches were being formed amongst these lost people. Fascinating concept. If you want to hear about it more, come and talk to me about it. But... But one of the concerns with these groups of lost people forming churches was heresy. You know, what, what about, you know, what if, these, what if these groups of people are just like coming up with heretical teaching? And, and the guy said, well, 
You know, if I sat down with you and talked with you long enough, I'd probably find 10% of what you believe to be heretical. That, that realistically, our lenses are distorted. Somewhere, somehow, either by choice, by misinformation, by, you know, some of us choose heretical teachings because we like them better. But if our lenses are distorted, well, how does that get fixed? How does any of that get fixed? It's, it's more time with Christ. It's allowing ourselves to be put in front of him, to have his light shining us, to, to redeem us, to transform us, to, 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 to burn away all the other crap so that our walk is truly his. That means we probably need to do some things. That means we probably need to be in God's word. If right here is the only place that you hear God's word in a week, if right here this is the only time that that God's light is shining through his word into your life, you're screwed. You're in trouble. You there there is there is just no way that you can live a life of shiny out the rest of the week if right now is the only time God's word is shining into your life. And if that's you, and if that's true, then my encouragement to you today, when we come with that reflection time and you need to write an I will statement, your I will statement is, I will, every morning, read five minutes of scripture. Don't go in and say, you know, I will read three hours of scripture, or I will read from Genesis to to Revelation in two weeks, because it ain't going to happen. Pick five minutes. Take five minutes a day this week and read scripture and see what happens. Odds are, if you commit to reading five minutes of scripture a day, you'll read more than five minutes of scripture a day. Five minutes might turn into 15 minutes. One chapter might turn into three. That's not a bad thing. Another way, another I will statement that you could do is, is why I can interact with other Christians. I can put myself into communities of people that are shining their light because we desperately need that. I had a conversation with a girl during first service, and this was the first church she's ever been to. And, and she said for the ha- last handful of months, she, was, she thought she was a believer, that she was doing the Christian life. She didn't have to go to church. She prayed. And she prayed. But she didn't have community. She didn't have the fellowship of the believers. She didn't have other people speaking into her life. And she didn't have people that she could be speaking into their life. There was no there was no more. And if, and if you're one of those people that's just kind of like doing this on your own, that Sunday morning, well, this is my relationship with the body of believers, how much relationship are you guys having right now? How much interaction are you having with the people sitting next to you? Not a bit. But we desperately need it. We desperately need it. We can have a little bit out in the hallway on Sunday morning. And that can be extremely encouraging. But just like if this is the only time you hear God's word, if you're not interacting with, interacting with other believers outside, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Maybe what you need to do is figure out who it is that you can connect with. Maybe your I will statement is, I will go to the chicks chat and chocolate thing. Although it's like two weeks away, right? I don't even remember what it was. It's a couple weeks away. Do something before that. Good grief. Don't wait two weeks. But show up then too, if you're a girl. (laughs) 
What is it that you can do this week? What is it that you can do to see your eyes open, to see the clutter taken away, to, to turn more into the light of Christ and walk in that direction? You gotta do something. There's nobody here that doesn't need to do nothing. You know what I mean. You can't do nothing. You gotta do something. And you gotta do it in the first 48 hours. When when it comes time for the reflection time, take out your connection cards. There are connection cards in the back of the seat. Take them out and write, I will. And then fill out the rest. Don't put it back in the bucket. I know sometimes we encourage you to put it in the bucket. Your I will statement is your I will statement. Write it on that connection card. Take it home with you. Stick it on your dashboard. Stick it in your bathroom. Stick it on your coffee maker. I will read scripture this week, five minutes a day. I will pray first thing in the morning. I will email, text, phone call somebody. Do something. Do something to see the light of Christ shining in on you and do something to to share that light outside. We are called to live a life of shining. We are called to live a life of light in Jesus Christ through his strength and his power. Good grief, people, do it. If you could close your eyes and, and bow your heads and we'll figure out how to, how to wrap this up. You might be one of the people today here with your eyes closed. And if you are, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. But if you're one of those people with their eyes closed and it's cracking open a little bit, then I would encourage you to raise your hand. If you're starting to see the light of Christ, if you're starting to realize, oh, there is something else going on here, I want more of that. You might be somebody with, with a lot of obstructions in your, in your life. and you want to see something change about that, if you're one of those people, raise your hand. If you're one of those people that has just a bunch of crap coming in to your life, and you need to see that cleansed, redeemed, ripped away, raise your hand. Maybe you're one of those people that thinks you're on the right path, but needs confirmation. That needs to know that, you know, I want to be on the right path. Please confirm that it, I am God. Let me know that this is that this is right. That the light in me is not darkness. If you're one of those people, raise your hand. Listen, we're. We're all in one of these boats. None of us have gotten to a place where we are just like Jesus. We are all on that path. Each and every person in this room. And because of that, each and every person in this room has the opportunity to be an encouragement, to shine the light on others, and to, and to ask for the light of Christ in the lives of others to impact us.
I encourage you that when you walk out of here today, don't just run and become a Lone Ranger Christian again. Take a moment and connect with each other and connect more with our Lord Jesus Christ to see our lives glow like the sun. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this gathering. I thank you for each and every person that is sitting in this room. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the redemption that comes in it. I thank you for your son. For his his service on the cross, for the blood that washes us clean. I thank you for the light that he is. And Father, I pray that, that we follow closely after him. Father, I pray that you give each and every one of us, myself wholly included, the desire, the de- determination, the persistence, the the will and the strength to follow after you, to turn back to you, to to see the things that need to change, to go away, go away, and, and for us to live the life that you would have us live, not just so that we can live a good life, but that, but that you can use us to see other people's lives transformed. Light us up, Father, so that we can be shining and that ultimately we can be the shiny for others. We just, we praise you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray.